2: Hi, this is Jake. This podcast was produced before we learned the sad news of Murray Walker passing away. We're publishing this show as it was recorded, and we'll pay our full respects to Murray on tomorrow's edition. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Jake boxall and this is the Autosport Podcast. It's Saturday the 13th of March, the second day of pre-season testing for the 2021 Formula 1 season. The drivers logged more laps around the Bahrain international circuit in preparation for their campaigns this year. Unlike day one, which was littered with sandstorms, the second day of running was much more standard affair, and despite difficulties, a familiar team rose to the top of the timings. Mercedes Valtteri Bottas set a 1 minute 30.289 second lap on the softest tyre available the C5 to go quickest overall, going just over a tenth faster than Alpha Tauri's Pierre Gasly. And there was plenty more action too. Reigning champion Lewis Hamilton put the car in the gravel in the morning at turn 13, Sergio Perez's Red Bull disrobing itself on the start-finish straight, and the return of Fernando Alonso in a Formula 1 car in an official pre-season test session. To go over today's action, I'm joined by Grand Prix editor Alex Kalanorkas and a special guest, photographer extraordinaire Stephen T of LAT to get his perspective from the front line. Stephen, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, it's been a very busy couple of days in Bahrain. Uh, how is it out there?
3: It's great. Nice to nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it's been it's been okay actually. As you said, um, uh, the weather was a bit um, was a bit weirder than we expected. I think everyone thought we were going to come here and it'd be very benign and uh, and, and and warm. It was, it was really hot yesterday and, um, and we had the sandstorms. But amazingly, um, I think the amazing thing was the cars in the afternoon still managed to get through the times that they did. I, I was talking to Lando about that today and said, I, I was saying how amazed I was that he managed to get such a, such a quick time in. And he said that he thinks that the, because the track has um, it, got such, um, it, it's, it's a very rough track, very rough surface here. He seemed to think that uh, maybe, the, maybe all the, the very, very fine sand that was being blown around was basically going into the cracks and wasn't really affecting them too much, because they, he said it, it looked a lot worse than it actually felt, basically. So that was quite interesting, I suppose.
2: So how was that from your perspective? Because obviously it was very, very sandy on Friday, a lot of wind, um And when you go to Bahrain as well, you have to deal with the conditions of going from light to dark. Um, as a photographer, how does that change things for you?
3: Well, it's, it's a very long day. The, these tests have been have been quite long, so it's actually quite nice to have the... To have the, the the evening element, otherwise everything will be a, a, a little bit one dimensional. You'd be shooting. Obviously, you get reasonably nice light in the morning. You get reasonably light, nice light late afternoon, or or you should do. Uh, but it's nice. It's nice to have the the opportunity to then shoot under the lights as well. I'm here with um, shooting from McLaren, so we're we're only allowed to either be on track or in a team garage. If you work for LAT, work for for four of the F1 teams, so we could, we're allowed to have four photographers in the garages, but they're not allowed out on circuit. So it's two very separate teams. So the guys that are on track spend the whole weekend on track. The guys in the in the garages spend the whole weekend in their garages. But uh, so it, it, it's it's quite nice to have the uh, the you know the, the change of light because as soon as the lights come on, you can start doing different things, etc. So uh, it, otherwise, it would be a very very long day and a bit one-dimensional.
2: When you set up for the weekend, uh, you and the other LAT photographers go out to Bahrain for the weekend. Do you sort of? T- t- come together and make a shopping list of like the shots you want to get, or is it sort of very much uh, a little bit more fluid than that?
3: The shopping list is kind of created by, you know, it's client driven, whether it be working for, you know, motorsport.com or autosport or GP racing. We were, um, we were, we were, we were shooting for them yesterday. They, they went to press um, last night, basically. So they needed, they needed five parades and, uh, and pictures of every car. The teams and sponsors we work for all have big shopping lists of stuff they need so it's very much driven by that but yeah you're absolutely right Joe. we do all sit around and, uh, and 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 break down who can do what and uh, and at what time of the day is the best time to get this shot and get that shot there is a lot of discussion about it basically
2: and obviously in pre-season testing there's a lot of uh, updates as well which is sort of quite an important factor for us editorially and i guess for you guys as photographers as well um how do you kind of cope with that kind of aspect of pre-season testing as well
3: one of our photographers, Mark Dutton, he's tasked with looking after that stuff and shoots just basically shoots stuff on circuit, tries to get angles that might show what, to, what the what the teams are doing slightly differently. So that's a, that, that, that's very that's very much his role this year because there's no access, to, free access to the to the pit lane and no access to other people's garages other than the one you're working working uh, working in. It's it's very much um, a, a, an only on the only on track um sort of scenario for that.
2: But it's been a little bit difficult from this end as well to kind of see stuff so it's kind of interesting to hear it from especially within the the times we're currently in Um but you, you know you've been you've been at the track Stephen and you've been sort of watching things happen is there any been anything that's kind of caught your eye from the past couple of days?
3: I mean just the, the number of laps they've been doing is one thing obviously the we all know the cars aren't Although, they're, although they're, they're subtle differences to them, they're all basically the same ones as last year. So, as somebody who's been doing testing for more years than I care care to remember, uh, one of the, the features of testing, especially you know going back a few years, was that the cars would sometimes do, you know, first day of testing four or five laps and spend the rest of the time in the garage, you know, being being you know um, updated and and and. and engineers standing you know, scratching their heads over uh, over various parts of it but they've just been they've been they're pretty bulletproof now and they've just been going round and round and round so that's been good other than that frustrations for us i suppose are um the, 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 the there's been a lot of flow viz on the cars and uh, and and that's not something that um the clients we've got are allowed to use basically because that uh, that gives away lots of secrets so those 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 laps have to be. Um, those pictures can't be used from the laps that, that that's happening on. And then obviously they've been using the the aero gates as well a lot. So um, there's um, there's been there's been there's been quite a lot of um, there's been quite a lot of that going on for the last two days, especially in the mornings.
2: Stephen, thank you so much for joining us today. I uh, Really appreciate the insight uh, from from Bahrain.
3: You're very welcome,
2: Alex. Always good to get a different perspective on things. Uh, was there anything interesting there that Stephen brought up?
1: Well, absolutely, Jake. I mean, uh, first of all, thank you uh, for everything you're doing in the podcast uh, this week. Uh, Over testing, it's a slightly different role for me this weekend, and I think everything is gonna gonna change on that front in the future as well, which will all be explained uh, for Autosport podcast listeners. But yeah, great to hear from Stephen. Who, uh, first of all, thoroughly nice, uh, thoroughly nice guy, really good company. It's really interesting what he's saying about. Um, I, I didn't realise that, of course, with all the flow vis and the aero rakes potential client customers because I know LAT work for for various sponsors that F1 has um, and as as well as the teams themselves that that, that those particular images can't be used that, didn't, that never really occurred to me but of course you know you know if you're going to have a big billboard of I don't know um, stuff off the top of my head uh, like the um, McLaren say that's covered in uh, green yellow paints you don't you don't really want that you want the sort of the, the action shot of it like it looks in the Grand Prix so it's just, it's just very interesting I hadn't really considered that.
2: Let's go back to the action on track. Mercedes back on top, and it has been a very difficult couple of days. And if we're getting to the halfway point of the two tests after the morning, uh, it kind of looked fraught again after Hamilton's spin, didn't it?
1: Up to the halfway point of the of this test, you have to say it was a disaster for Mercedes. I mean, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be very, uh, they were you know very calm. There was no panic, and at the same time, you know, it's all relative. A disaster for Mercedes could still have them you know, many tenths of a second clear of the field, but it's just... Potentially not as far clear as they could have been, but we know we won't know that absolutely for sure until the first race, as the teams are very fond of telling us. But then things did really turn around for them in the afternoon. I mean, the, the problem was in the morning; it was it was Lewis Hamilton's off. That's what sort of continued the narrative of all oh, Mercedes are on the back foot here, because it was going all right. He was logging up the laps. He just got onto, I think it was the C three tire at the time, and he comes through that that right hander at the start of the third sector. I think it's ten thirteen, and it just the, the rear has got away from him. Now it's very windy out there today it's a very difficult corner really tests the the cars and the performance but this fitted the pattern of oh things don't look right at Mercedes you know the, the rear the rear is just not very happy for either driver and and, and Hamilton said basically said that after, after his time in the car it was like yeah the, the rear floor changes have made things difficult at the rear and that's sort of where it seemed to get away from him so yeah When that car was being recovered, I thought it was very interesting when Hamilton got a lift back to the pits in the course car, he absolutely slammed the door as he arrived back in the pit lane, understandably, understandably. But anyway, at that point, things not looking very good at all for Mercedes. However, after Valtteri Bottas took over the car in the afternoon, things just went absolutely smoothly. Still not shockingly fast times I mean there's been no sort of devastating blow and and even though he did end up fastest I do wonder whether that's an indication that maybe he had a little bit uh, more fuel on board but it sort of just fitted the pattern of okay they're getting through their program Uh, they know they have to be as efficient as possible because they've lost so much running and that's what they did so they are back where we expect them to be don't think we've seen everything from them yet and uh, we definitely haven't seen any sort of serious long running i think they've been doing sort of lots of calculations with a set fuel load on board on the on the harder tires but um but yeah definitely on the up for mercedes now that we're two-thirds of the way through testing
2: yeah certainly and hamilton still did get a good number of laps and he got 58 in over the morning and mercedes logged over 100 laps today which far more than they did yesterday but as we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, a very familiar face returning. Fernando Alonso is back for the start of the season in the Alpine. 128 laps from him today and seems to be showing absolutely no ill signs of his cycling accident or his time away, Alex.
1: No, no, not at all. Uh, very quick this morning. I mean, obviously, uh, as Stephen was explaining earlier, that the days uh, day is structured differently to how you might get it, say, at, uh, if the test had been at Barcelona in the the, the the morning session. Probably a bit of an incorrect term because it sort of str- straddles lunch. But the first session is just takes place in really, really hot... Hot conditions so the track isn't ideal and um, basically that's when alonso did his sort of faster running he didn't he didn't go go anywhere near low fuel in the afternoon judging by the times that, that i saw and it, yeah he was just um, just very calm you know very straightforward obviously knows the plan no sign of any any rustiness as it were i mean we're not going to know that for absolutely certain again so i know it's the cliche but until you know the, the real racing happens and qualifying and things like that but just uh just look very very comfortable and um you know the team saying you know he you know he he was working with them a lot last year you know after the deal was announced what was it back in the summer we know we know he was attending uh races where he could he was also attending races uh, virtually you know joining in the debriefs on zoom and things like that so yeah no no ill effects on a cycling accident we know he's got uh titanium plates uh, in his Door, which doesn't sound too pleasant, but um, hopefully, I think my understanding is that they're sort of they're, it's, it's been done in a way that he shouldn't be too uncomfortable.
2: Well, he'll certainly set off a few metal detectors in uh, in airports, but apart from that, I think he'll be absolutely fine. Also,
1: just, just very quickly to interject, I mean, who am I to say I've never had titanium plates put into my jaw? It might it might be awful, so uh, I do I do yeah. sympathise for him. But uh, you know, he's a he's a very tough character, and he wouldn't be letting on if there if there were anything uh, anything uh, giving him discomfort. But uh, but there we go. Yeah, fair enough to
2: Alonso. Indeed, very very tenacious character indeed. Now, Alex, I want to talk about the Honda powered teams, if I may. Um you may. first we'll start first we'll start it well, this used to be your podcast. <laughs> first of all, starting with Sergio Perez, uh, doing a very good job in the Red Bull today, doing lots of long runs, particularly in the afternoon uh, in and out on the old C2 tyres, practising pit stops and that kind of thing. But his bodywork coming off in the session uh, brought out a red flag um, which kind of interrupted that running. But Alex, you've got reams and reams of spreadsheets and data. Have you had a chance to look at Perez's times and just sort of uh, assess how he's been doing?
1: Um, well, first of all, Jake, I was, uh, it was uh, it was never my podcast, it was always, always- Auto sports podcast. I was merely lent <laughs> the keys to, to, to take care of uh, with, with much love, which I very much enjoy doing. As I said, we'll, we'll explain what our future plans are for this podcast in the coming weeks ahead of the, uh, the start of the 2021 season, and we're very excited for, for what they are. But yeah, Red Bull, okay, not at the top of the times again, but everything just looked Really smooth, really solid. Perez, you know, in the car for the first time, just got on with it. Just, 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 just logged the laps up today. And in the afternoon, actually did a complete race run. He we, he did, a, you know, went from the C2 onto the C3 and back to the C2. Basically, did, you know, effectively a Grand Prix distance. And he just looked very, very comfortable. The, what I can say about the times, I haven't actually uh, crunched them yet. You'll be able to read uh, the outcome of that on my autosport.com plus article, uh, the feature later on tonight. But basically, he's looked very, very consistent. So, you know, it, it, it's always going to be um, difficult to say at this stage, because that's going to be the frustrating thing about the feature. Because of the situation Mercedes is in, it's not done that Grand Prix distance. So we can have a sort of educated guess based on, uh, as I said, the high fuel sort of running that Hamilton was doing in the morning. but. You're not going to get a direct comparison, but yeah, Red Bull looked very, very good, very, very consistent. The sort of the bizarre bit was, as you say, Jake, when the engine cover flew off. It was really, really strange. He was coming up to, to overtake Nicholas Latifi down the start finish straight, and just as he comes out of the slipstream, it seems as though the, the, the headwind that was gusting down the the, the straight today. Just not quite sure what happened maybe something wasn't done up quite as tight as it could have been not not quite sure how that works but it appeared to be when the the real airflow you know when he's out the slipstream and the airflow hits that part of the car again it just blew into a million pieces left the uh, the honda engine uh, very exposed but um just on on the other honda power team at AlphaTauri again just looked very very comfortable gasly did he did a race uh, race run as well it was just more split up in that at the end of every stint he was wheeled back into the garage and then he went back out well, we can tell by the sort of times in the 1 minute 37s 1 minute 38s 39s that's the sort of Grand Prix distance level sort of fuel loads than times that they'd be doing so again yeah looking very comfortable at both teams we do know that the AlphaTauri is a bit more it's, it's sort of it's got a wider operating range that's why Gathleth seems to be more at home there so um, so yeah Sonoda in the morning as well just look very very comfortable so it's all very positive for both of those teams I'd say
2: Yeah and Yuki Sonoda said yesterday that he was very very happy with the handling of that car as well which bodes well for a rookie especially because you want to have something that is quite benign in terms of handling you don't want something to catch you out because otherwise you'll be chasing your tail uh, all season long really um but alfa looking potentially to be in that midfield fight once again which looks close as ever with aston martin and mclaren in the mix perhaps with ferrari and also a good showing from alfa romeo too in testing giovanazzi right at, towards the sharp end of the field how on earth, Alex, do we unpick this midfield tangle? Well, that I
1: mean, that's that's really really tough because there are just so many teams operating at the same sort of level, and, and you're never going to get it sort of as exact as exact as the teams know all their GPS traces and the various uh, software that they've got to calculate everything. But I think we can just sort of just look at the teams that that seem to be having a few struggles, seem to be you know not not doing the sort of longer running. So, for example, Aston Martin, we know they're going to be very very strong, but it's a bit like Mercedes except that things haven't quite come as good for them in terms of the sort of ultimate lap time that Bottas was able to do Aston again losing a lot of time uh, this morning with Sebastian Vessel having a gearbox problem so he's really really down on running at such a crucial time with so little testing available this year so yeah I, d- I don't expect them to be down on pure pace and pure performance but you know you got you got to sort of if you look at the narrative say that they're one of the the midfield runners that is is struggling in terms of how the test has developed but um but yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think um, Alpine as well haven't really sort of shown their hand in terms of the real long run stuff. They haven't done a race, full race simulation. They've been doing the sort of the calculated uh, runs of high fuel in, in shorter bursts of Alonso today. Um, but um, but at the back, sort of Haas got on with the laps. Didn't look particularly quick. I know both Nikita Mazpin in the morning and Mick Schumacher in the afternoon did, uh, did full race distances. Didn't look wildly fast, but at least, you know, it was sort of, it was reliable after the problem yesterday that Schumacher had. So that's at least encouraging.
2: It is going to be a nice surprise, I think, by the time we get into the season. Hopefully we'll have, once again, all of these teams vying for, you know, that all coveted P3, P4 kind of places. But there was also Williams as well, Nicholas Latifi getting in the miles with 132 laps and getting P7, perhaps showing a little bit of signs of progress there. While Haas also logged the most laps of the day with 164, as you say, Alex. Kind of solid, but kind of unspectacular for the time being, with very little updates on that car. But one final question before I let you get on with all the work you're doing tonight. We've got one day left. What do you hope the teams will do tomorrow to kind of give you a clearer picture in your analysis?
1: Oh, I need Mercedes to do a full race distance. So if they're listening, (laughs) can you just please top it up with fuel and run it till it's empty? basically. Maybe we'll see that because that's that's as sort of uh, um, Steve was saying uh, before we, we hit record on this podcast that it's been a notable feature of the test so far. There's been very, very few red flags. Um, so yes, I need Mercedes to do that and Aston as well really and then sort of the other teams I think we've got Alpine and McLaren which actually didn't mention them earlier. They just look very, very strong in the morning. Daniel Ricciardo top of the times. He says he's not prepared to say how he thinks the car might go this season because he hasn't driven it in the in the better conditions and the temperatures come down in the afternoon session. But, um, but yeah, we need McLaren, Alpine, Mercedes and to do some really really long running tomorrow particularly Mercedes, so we can do a direct comparison uh, with Red Bull and then uh, yeah that'll make my job uh, very easy for next week's Autosport magazine and everything on autosport.com plus so uh, yeah make it happen please teams
2: <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure they're listening now they're that- uh, Going to concede to your every demand. But Alex, thank you so much for joining me today. And as Alex does say, you will be able to read his feature on the day two of running uh, on Autosport Plus. And here's a few other things you can read on Autosport Plus too. MotoGP testing has been in full force too, and our motorbikes guru, Lewis Duncan, has gone over the major players in this year's championship. And for the BTCC fans among you, Marcus Simmons has done a 40 year celebration of West Surrey Racing's exploits in touring cars and single seat. Eaters. New subscribers that sign up today can use the promo code Podcast during checkout to save 50% off their first payment. Go to autosport.com slash plus and click sign in at the top of the page and use promo code podcast for that 50% discount. Thanks for listening today and we'll be back soon with another Autosport Podcast.